This message comes to you from City Bible Church in Portland, Oregon, where we are committed to living like Jesus and sharing His love. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. Well, good morning. You know, this morning, uh, we're going to do something just a little bit different as a church family. And I want to just take this opportunity to, uh, to share my heart on behalf of myself and the, the leaders uh, that represent City Bible Church regarding the horrific situation that we're facing as a nation. And if, uh, if you're like me, you watch the news unfold and you can't believe your eyes as you watch senseless acts of, of murder and senseless acts of, of shooting and violence and hatreds and all the different things that are going on in our nation. And you know, I find myself just pretty affected by what's going on, wanting to take a look at what's happening in our world. I don't know if, if, if you're like me, where you just start asking questions, you know, God, what are you doing and where are you at? And, What's happening and why is everything going on like the way that it's going on? And you know, it can't help but to affect you. Every single person in this room today, you're affected somehow, some way, and some emotion. That emotion could be confusion, it could be anger, it could be frustration. There could be some resentment or hatred that comes out of you. There's, there's a host of emotions that we could feel and no one really knows where you're at and what your experience is or what your background is, what your ethnicity is or even your skin color. And it puts every single one of us in a place that's just a little bit different than the person right next to us. I think we're at a real crossroads as a nation. Think as you just stop and you look at what's been going on. It's kind of like the frog in the kettle. Seems like on every front that there just seems to be increased division and hatred and violence. I found myself this week asking the question, God, what's my role as a citizen? What's my role as a, as a Christian? God, what's my role as a pastor? And God, what are we supposed to do in, in moments like these? And we begin to pray. We begin to ask God. We begin to pull our minds together. Leadership team of City Bible Church. Begin to just seek God. Say, God, what are you saying? What should we be saying? How should we be saying what we're saying? The issues are so complex. They're so deep, they're so wide. And it can be where you wanna make a statement or a thought in hopes that you're saying something to benefit someone only to find out that you're hurting someone else. It's a real complex situation. So we just begin to just seek God and pray and I found myself getting on the phone and again, probably dozens and dozens and dozens of hours this week and started to call my friends in the city, uh, my black pastor friends, 
letting them know how much I love them and care for them. And we begin to talk saying, how can we together possibly do something? There's something we should be doing here as brothers and sisters in Christ. With our, thank you. With our, again, our church has been around 65 years and our rich, rich history and heritage and relationships in the city and my personal relationship with city officials and begin to call all my law enforcement friends. I sat down one morning and personally sent out about 60 texts. Say, I love you, I'm praying for you. Thank you so much for all that you do to protect us. I found myself calling the chief of police. I have a meeting this week with him. Calling the mayor's office. Saying, God, what do we do? It's just so, it's so easy to just sit back and look at it and have an opinion or make a statement. But God, when and where and how are we, as your people, going to finally recognize that ultimately we're the ones that have the answer? We're the ones that actually have been given the authority over all the power of the enemy. And when are we gonna come to this place where we finally stop getting caught in the mire, getting caught in the confusion, getting caught in the debate, and just find our place to stand to say, God, you've called us to the kingdom of God for a time such as this. When will that happen with us? And so we felt this morning that it would be appropriate just to put a pause on our series and encourage you in another way. And I'm gonna ask you if you are a part of City Bible Church, if you're visiting, thank you for coming. But if you're part of this family, I'm gonna ask you to please allow me just a moment to pastor you. and to speak into your heart and your life of what we believe God's heart is for this situation now. My prayer, as I've thought about this for, literally for days and days this moment, my prayer is this, that somehow, some way, red, yellow, black, and white, we can recognize that our blood is the same color, we serve the same God, we're together in the same house. And we can actually find the mind of God. Guys, keep in mind, God's not confused right now. His heart may be hurting and broken 100 times more than yours possibly could be, but he's not confused and he hasn't lost control. We serve the King of Kings, we serve the Lord of Lords, and we choose to recognize that He has the answer for everything that's going on in our nation and our world. So I'm gonna ask you just right now, just to, just to kind of lean in and allow me to kind of read, preach, pray, talk, pastor, you through a letter that was written by the executive team. The reason I wanna read it I wanna make sure I say the right thing. I wanna make sure that you hear exactly what your leaders believe. We want you to know that we are speaking up, we are taking action, and we are doing something. You can be rest assured 
Even though we may have been silent for a few days, it's simply because we want to do the right thing in the right way to make sure that we're bridge builders in this situation. I understand there's a right side and a left side, but keep in mind there's a middle side too. And I believe that Jesus hangs out right in the middle. And I believe that he's a God of reconciliation. We're people that are called, as it says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, he's called us, meaning you and me, he's called us to a ministry of reconciliation. Our goal, our call is to love, to heal, to bring hope, to bring peace, to bring truth, to bring hands together, to love each other, to hug together, not separate, not divide. It's only his love that will heal this nation. And here's the kicker. That love is in you and resides in you. And you're a conduit to be his light and to be his peace and his hope to this world. So I'm going to read to you this letter. It says, Dear City Bible Church family, there is no doubt that the world, and specifically our nation, is in a very volatile and tumultuous time. Violence, terrorism, injustice, and a variety of other forms of evil permeate the fabric of our time. This week's reports that rippled across the nation Sorry. The fatal shooting of two black men, one in Minnesota, the other in Louisiana. Then hours later, 12 officers from Dallas Police Department were shot, five of them, which were fatal. It seems as though the darkness of our culture is growing dimmer. And with that comes a excuse me, pervasive fear among many. As elders and leaders of City Bible Church, Christ Church, His Church, we are deeply grieved and we're concerned about the moral and the spiritual condition of our nation. Our hearts are broken knowing that the black community and those of other ethnic minorities have been treated wrongly throughout the course of history and suffer the horrific effects of racial injustice. We're bothered by that. I want you to know that. Just because my skin is white doesn't mean that I have a, a burden, heart and a concern for our nation and people that have faced these travesties. We are disturbed that some actually believe that evil perpetuated by hatred could ever produce anything good. Murdering another human because of the color of their skin or the uniform that they wear or the continuation of any formal or form of racial injustice is evil at its core and in direct violation of God's commands. We believe that to be true. 
God is not the originator of evil. Evil and injustice arise from a heart that is not totally submitted to God. Romans 12, 19 refers to those who do not acknowledge God by saying this. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and maliciousness. A lack of care, love, concern, and honor for any human being over another. No matter the color of their skin or the uniform that they wear is never right in God's eyes. It's never right in God's eyes. It is never right in God's eyes. Never right in God's eyes. It is the evil fruit of people who do not know or serve God with their whole heart. Some of our nation's greatest leaders have said that a choice must be made between love and hate. It really is a choice for you and for me of whether we're gonna choose when we're faced with calamity, when we're faced with strife and division, you as an individual at that moment, despite the circumstance, the emotion, the color of your skin, we have a choice to make whether we will love or whether we will hate. God's given us that wonderful privilege. Franklin D. Roosevelt said this, in the days of difficulty, we Americans everywhere must and shall choose the path of social justice, the path of faith, the path of hope, the path of love toward our fellow man. That's a great, great leadership quote. Martin Luther King said this, I've decided to stick with love. I've decided to stick with love, why? Hate is too much of a burden to bear. You know, there's a five-year-old girl who was a part of our Mill Plain campus. Her name was Juliana. She recently died of a horrific neurological disease. She was known for a very jubilant statement. She, she was known for making this statement often. Love is a superpower. It makes bad people become good. It's love. Truly love is a superpower. It moves us towards the broken and the hurting. It crosses racial divides, respects others even when there are disagreements. It seeks to understand before being understood and cares for those who can't care for themselves. Love covers transgressions. It turns the other cheek. And love caused the Son of God to leave the splendor of heaven and set up camp in our neighborhood by taking on human flesh. 
It's love. It's love. It's love. It's love. It's love. It's love. Holds the whole world together. And when someone acts unjustly towards another human, it shows that they simply haven't chose love. 1 John 4.20 says this, if anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar, the Bible says. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. John was on to something about the condition of our hearts and the way we look at people in these kinds of situations. It's so easy to get caught up in one side or the other. I want to be known as the people that are not against something but are for something. We're for love. We're for unity. We're for peace. We're for joy. We're for healing. We're for hope. That's what we're for. As the executive leadership team of City Bible Church, we not only feel stirred because of the injustice that's recently taking place, although it's been going on for centuries, we also feel compelled to speak out and act in accordance with godly love. That's our position, that's our place. The way we're gonna act is in love. We're gonna use what God says is the very thing that heals hearts and helps people, it's his love. First Corinthians 13 says that, that his love, it believes all things, it bears all things, it hopes all things, it endures all things. It's patient, it's kind, it doesn't behave rudely, it keeps no score of wrongs. You read throughout all of 1 Corinthians 13, he's talking about the heart of God. He says, this is what I want you to have in these situations. And verse eight, he says, love never fails, meaning, It doesn't matter how bad it is, how dark it is, how problematic it is. It's love that doesn't fail. It's his love in you, through you, to others. You may not understand what they're going through, but there's one thing that you can do is cry with them, love with them, hold them. Just say, I love you. It's just love. It is uncertain times that the church must lead with clarity and focus. Like it or not, right or wrong, you're part of a church with leaders that will stand, that they will say something, they won't be silent, and they'll lead this church in the way that they feel God's speaking to them, with clarity and with focus. We must channel our grief and any feeling of uncertainty, listen to this closely, into biblical action. Not what culture says, not what's happening on social media, but what does God actually say? 
How do we position ourselves to know that the truth that sets people free, that is unwavering, never changing, that we follow his word, his truth, and walk out biblical action during these times to do what would honor God and actually bring the healing and hope that everybody wants on every side, no matter what? Biblical action. And we want to be a light in the midst of very dark times. You know, when the news of this began to unfold, of these recent tragedies, we immediately put our prayer teams on red alert. I don't text this very often. Mark Jones, you know this. He's in the service right now. So this is a red alert. This is time for us to activate prayer. First and foremost, we got a team of intercessors that begin to pray and put together a concerted prayer effort for our city, for our nation, for our black community, for our law enforcement officers. Second thing we did is we begin to speak and rally all of our church elders, our pastors, our staff to stand in prayer in solidarity for God to move in the midst of the crisis to pull us together. We spent dozens of hours on the phone to make sure we were on the same page. Because again, this all affects us differently. We all respond differently. We all react differently. We're doing everything that we can, not only from an eldership team to a staff, now our church to say, can we please move together with one voice? Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. The next thing that we began to do, and again, I cleaned my calendar. I was thinking I was gonna spend the whole week thinking about the fall, but I got caught up in the moment. Myself, different leaders. We begin to call different pastors in the city. We begin to set up different appointments. Again, meeting with the chief of police here this next coming week, calling all of our law enforcement friends, talking to different civil leaders, trying to get counsel, understanding, wisdom, discernment from all sides as everything began to unfold and everybody wanted to be quick to make statements and do stuff, we're just going, There's just, we don't have enough information to just jump into the arena. We get one chance to do this right. So we did that. And it's important to understand even before these recent events of this week, again, these problems have been going on for some time. And as a church in our culture and who we're all about, and it would be very, very uh, relevant for this morning, we have said for years that we're gonna be this kind of a church. This is why we exist. Live like Jesus, share his love. Live like Jesus. Live, act, behave, talk, say like Jesus would. Live like Jesus and share his what? His love, his love, his love, his love, his love. That becomes our framework, our position saying, as we move forward, we're going to act like Jesus and we're going to share his love. For several years, we've also been very proactively involved in our law enforcement. We've worked very hard to build a relationship with a community of people. Many of them are brothers and sisters in Christ that risk their life daily to protect you and me. 
Are there officers that make mistakes? Are there some that would be corrupt? Absolutely. Are there corrupt and bad dentists? Yes. Are there corrupt and bad bankers? Yes. But are there good ones? Yes. I've had the wonderful privilege of building relationships with literally dozens and dozens of people. In fact, today at 4 p.m., I'm going to a barbecue at one of the sergeant's house. They're going through fear and grief. Guys, the battle that we're facing isn't flesh and blood. It's not skin color. It's not uniform color. It's called the devil. That's why the Bible says to be sober and to be vigilant because your enemy, one that plays on a different field that's absent, it says that he's seeking to devour you. That's why Paul said, don't be ignorant concerning the enemy's tactics. This isn't the plane where it's happening. It's manifest here, but it's happening somewhere else. My God, help us. Here's the beauty too. Beyond our relationship with our law enforcement, we've worked hard over the past couple decades to build a church that when God looks down, he smiles. We have over 62 nations represented in our church today. Red, yellow, black, and white. That's the kind of church that God has in mind where we can serve together, we can cry together, we can pray together. It's as if there is no skin color in front of us. We just happen to be brothers and sisters in Christ serving the same God. That's the kind of church that we're building. 62 nations. I'll just be kind of a little bit light here and just say, hey, listen, if you're a white honky like me, you're probably becoming the minority. And that's just okay. It's beautiful to just see tribe, tongue, nation, all different parts of the world coming together and just, it's what heaven's gonna be like. It's what heaven's gonna be like. Better get it straight on this side. You begin to look at our ministries and the things that we do, reaching out to foster parents and sex trafficking victims and homeless people. Live Love Alone, when we do our Christmas program, over 12,000 kids that come from underprivileged homes. Again, red, yellow, black, and white. We just love them. Foster Parent Night Out, when we see all the kids dropped off, these foster kids, red, yellow, black, and white. We love them. They are valuable to God just the same. We've also been doing this, and I I speak right now to our black community. Over the last seven months, we've been working very hard with a couple of our executive leaders to develop a diversity team. We've got people in our church that actually have their degrees in understanding cultural diversity and how do we as a multi-generational, multi-ethnic church make sure that we don't miss something. And we're putting together plans. We're thinking about how can we do church to better reflect from who's on staff and the color of our skin all the way through our entire church and how we do things to make sure we're working on this. It matters to us. We care about it.
I'm kind of reading, kind of preaching. As we move forward from this moment on, we're asking you to join with us. We're asking you to stand with us. We're actually asking you to partner with us in this approach to be the church that God has in mind. One church, one voice, one mind saying the same thing. That wherever you're at, whatever platform you're having conversation, whether it's in the marketplace or in social media, when someone looks down upon you and knows you're part of this family, they say, we know what this place is all about. Jesus said this. He says, the world will know that we're his disciples by the way that we love one another, the way that we do life together, the way that we model what this looks like. So I'm gonna ask you, and I haven't done this very often in my new emerging role as the future lead pastor. I'm gonna stop right now, I'm gonna ask you, let me pastor you but would you do seven things for me? I'm gonna mention these things. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm literally begging you that if we can do these things, we can begin to change one person at a time, our city, our nation, and our world. The first thing, let's not reduce ourselves to the idea that our nation is facing only a racial war. Yes, we are facing one, but it's not only a racial war or a battle against those in uniform. Understand that what's in front of us right now is a much larger battle. We're fighting a war against principalities and powers, not flesh and blood. Let's just again, as spiritual kingdom people, recognize there's a real devil, there's a real enemy. He comes to steal, he comes to kill, he comes to destroy. Let's recognize that. Number two, let's recognize that man's systems and man's ways will always fail us because the human heart is evil. Evil is redeemed only when the unmerited love of God is injected into the heart. Without his love, it is impossible to change our situation. It's only the love of God that can redeem the human heart. Let's recognize that. Therefore, we need God and his love to heal our land. Third, I'm asking you to turn your grief, your frustration, your confusion, your anger, turn it into passionate, persistent prayer. Let me just say this. 
you are a very unique individual in that God has given you the authority to transform culture and atmospheres. Anyone else without Christ, all that they can do is react to what's happening. The Bible says in Luke 10, 19, that he's given you all authority over all the power of the enemy. And so let's take our efforts and let's become a people that begin to look at the situation and pray. Pray for our black pastors in our community. Pray for the black community, the fear and the rejection and the things that they're going for. Pray for our law enforcement. Pray for our government officials. Pray for us as leaders. Pray for the meetings that we're going into. And let's focus our energy, come on, on believing God to do a miracle in this situation. We can do this because God is on our side. If he's for us, who can be against us? Four. Let us not assume that we understand what those who have suffered injustice think or feel. Lest we ask them and have an open and honest dialogue. We just don't know. Can I speak to those of you of white skin? You don't know. Guys, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to understand. Can we just be honest that we don't know, we don't have it figured out? And not make it weird. Just recognize, you know what, I don't know, I can't seem to understand but I can still love, I can still pray, I can hug, I can have conversation. It's why the first thing I did was pick up the phone and call some of my black pastor friends and said, help me. For the last four to six months, I've had meeting after meeting with black pastors in the city said, help me. As a pastor of this church, I don't know, I don't understand. I don't claim to know it. Number five, and, and let me just, let me just pastor you here for a second. Let's use social media to communicate hope, healing, and love. I don't know why this is such a toxic issue, but let me just stop it. Now, I just want to pastor you for a second. Most everything that I post and you post, oftentimes, or most of the time, is with the greatest intent and sincerity in mind. However, what you post, you don't have the right to interpret because you simply can't be that voice to let people know what you're thinking or not thinking. And what I have found is that the very things that we intend to post, thinking that it very well may bring healing to one side, further causes a divide on the other side, on both sides. And I'm just telling you, because I have relationships with black pastors, I have relationships with law enforcement, our hashtags and the things that we do, it's not helping. Please hear me. Please hear my heart right now. Post something that says healing, hope, 
love. Be a voice that where no matter who reads it, they go, I can get behind that. It'll help us. It'll help what's going on. Next, let us speak out for justice, not against a political party or a certain individual, a group or a profession. And lastly, let's be fueled by love. Let us be fueled with love and not allow hatred divisiveness to even enter your heart. That isn't who we've been called to be. You know who we've been called to be? And I'm going to read this last paragraph. We are his church. We are his people. We are unstoppable and we are unshakable. We have an abundant, excuse me, an abundant availability of sources and resources of love, patient, kindness, mercy, joy, faithfulness, goodness to offer people in dark times. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. We are a light in the midst of darkness. We will be His church without spot, without wrinkle, unmarred, and on full display for the world to see. We will not be exclusive and we will not be divisive. We'll respond with faith and with hope and with love and with prayer and with conversations and with peace and with action. There's healing in Jesus. There's hope in his church. And there's power-filled help from his spirit in times of need. Today, we're choosing to believe that in the midst of all of these waves of uncertainty and unrest, something great will unfold. We have hope that the church can lead the way. My prayer for us is that there would be an unusual anointing and favor that would fall upon us in this time and this hour to be used mightily by God to bring revival to our land. Revival in our nation starts with revival in you. It starts in me. It starts in our position, in our heart what we're believing God for as a nation. I want to do something in the spirit of this day to model to every single one of you, our hearts, every person that's watching all over the world, everybody that will see this this week and the weeks to come. I want to make it loud and clear where my heart and our heart as leaders are when it comes to our black community and to our brothers and sisters in Christ that are part of our family. And I'm gonna ask you right now, anybody here, it's our brothers and sisters that are part of the black community, I want you to stand, I want you to walk forward 
and I want you to fill the stage. I want to personally honor you. I want to let you know how much we love you, how valuable you are to us, how much we simply, simply, simply care for every single one of you. Come on. Yeah, this is the church. Come on, this is who we are. This is our family. This is a party. These are our brothers. These are our sisters. Come on, make your way up. Scoot on in. love you. Come on, man. And you matter to us, your family. Man, we're family. I'm so glad that God brought you here. We're so glad that you're a part. Help us. Literally help us as we help each other. So beautiful. What a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful thing see every one of your faces. I'm going to do something else that's just another step. In the spirit of what's happening in our nation, I want to show you that this is actually possible. I'm going to ask anybody here that is either in law enforcement or former law enforcement to make your way to the stage. I want you to make your way up. Scott, come on down. Terry, come on down. Larry Mascott, come on down. If you're retired and we're in law enforcement, you come on down. Scott Chamberlain, come on down, buddy. That's so cool. Thank you, buddy. You put him front and center right there. Sure love you, man. Scott's with the Portland Police Department as well. You know, here's the key. You can actually love both. Thank you, Scott, for protecting us. Larry Mascot and all that you've done in the past. Every single person that's part of our church that's known or unknown that's on this campus or another campus, thank you for protecting us. Thank you for being a part of our family as well. We can do this together. Lastly, I'd like to ask the elders, wives, pastors, I want you to come to the stage before we close in prayer today. Just as a representation, if there's anything when you turn on the news that should clutter your minds, 
is that this is what it should look like. This is what God has in mind. This is what we're doing. This is a part of who we are, is being this. And as we close today in prayer, I'm asking you to do this. Reach to your brother or sister on your left and your right, all the way across, across the aisles. And I want you to grab hands across the stage as a symbol of unity. I want God to see, I want everybody listening online and watching online to see You know one thing about City Bible Church, it's this. We're one. We're one. We're family. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, anybody listening on, I don't care the color of your skin, this is home. You can come here and you matter to God, you matter to us. This is a safe place. This is a safe place. We're a safe people. Lord, this morning, we thank you for this moment. Lord, with all of the hatred and divisiveness, the rage, the the, the protesting, the violence that is happening outside of these walls, God, we inside as the church come together to say that we actually believe that by the power of your love, God, you can bring people together. And Lord, we stand together as your church, linking arms with each other, saying, God, let us be that example. Let us be the voice. As we talk to people that are hurting, that are wounded, we can at least say, listen, I don't know how you're feeling, but I know there's a place that can help you. God, we pray today, God, you would use us. God, to touch our city, to touch people's lives, to touch our nation and our world with the loving and the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And God, together, we we honor you this morning as King of kings and Lord of lords. And we're saying today, Jesus, you lead us as one in the days to come. And Lord, we do what you've asked us to do. We come today and we humble ourselves. God, I pray if any person in this room, Lord, has any kind of anger, resentment, frustration, you would rip it from their heart, God, in a sense of humility, Lord, that they would begin to pray. God, they would seek your face. Father, and I just pray, God, you would turn us from any wicked way. God, you said if we would do this, you'd hear from heaven. You'd forgive our sins. Come on. You'd heal our land. We stand today and say, God, heal our land. Lord, use us, send us in the mighty name of Jesus. Come on, if you agree with that prayer, why don't we just erupt in praise to Jesus today?